Hello and welcome. I'm Travis. And I'm Greg. And you're listening to Building Blank, a collaborative world building podcast. Where we talk about everything world building, from the lowest dungeon to the highest peak. And today, we're diving into the world of fortresses and finales. Like a magnetized needle floating on a surface of oil, resistance will unfailingly point to true north, meaning that calling or action it most wants to stop us from doing. We can use this. We can use it as a compass. We can navigate by resistance, letting it guide us to that calling or action that we must follow before all others. Rule of thumb, the more important a call or action is to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we will feel toward pursuing it. So that's a quote from Stephen Pressfield and from his book, The War of Art. Okay. Break through the blocks and win your creative, your inner creative battles. And so kind of the way I like to think of it, it's like, if that didn't make any sense from my, my reading of it, it's just the thing that kind of like the way I think of it, like the thing that scares me yeah. is, is where I need to go. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is not only is, do I think this is a great book for anybody doing anything creative, especially, but even, well, now it's the new year, maybe new new year's resolutions, anything that kind of that you're passionate about or anything that's going to make you better just always kind of has that resistance to it. Right. Yeah. That's the thing that's stopping you from like, it'll come in all the different forms and like laziness or, you know, you think it's an outside force, but anyway, what I'm getting at is I wanted to talk a little bit about writing today, just okay. a little bit. Yeah. Incorporated a bit. Cause that's always part, that's part of world building is writing. Yeah. And I've been writing and I haven't really talked about it. And I, I think it's this resistance where it's like, the reason I don't want to talk about it is because those feelings of um, like, since it's, I'm more passionate about writing, it makes more resistance for me to do anything about it, including talking about it. Right. Yeah. Like for example, I have no problem talking about geography and, uh, and biomes and, and science and science because I, I don't consider myself a scientist. Yeah. And so I don't care if I mess it up as much. Right. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's just a means to an end. Like, Oh, geography, I can learn a little bit about geography and then I can apply it to world building and then, or writing. Yeah. Then that's cool. And so I don't, it's not as, um, I don't know, just like vulnerable feeling, but anyway, so what I wanted to talk about, I guess today was a couple of things or a few things you can do at the, like in your third act or in your big final battle or your fortress, like, you know, the boss's lair. Yeah. And just to kind of spice it up a bit. And so I guess we'll just get right into it. All right, let's get into it. So this is fortresses and finales. Yeah. Episode 16. So first thing is pretty obvious. It is being impenetrable, right? Yeah. Almost always. It's a big looming thing. Yeah, and first thing that I, I think of is like Boromir, one does not simply, you know. Walk into Mordor, yeah. Like that's always a theme of these final bosses. Like, what do you mean you want us to go there? Yeah, and there's always somebody that's like, no, you can't go there. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, another one is, oh, also since we're talking about fortress and, is, and finales and stuff, there might be some spoilers. So just so you know that ahead of time, I'm not going to stop myself while you know, we're talking about it. I find most, most podcasts are just full of spoilers especially if they're talking about like breaking down of yeah. tropes and things and you kind of should think that like going into it no yeah that. i mean if you don't know how lord of the rings ends yeah like 
<laughs> Maybe you should go when watch was that it, first. <laughs> when was it written? Yeah. When did the movie come out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I'm going to just do a quick quote, uh, or not quote, but talk about Ready Player One. Have okay. You, you've seen that, right? I have not, actually. What? Oh, it's really good. And okay. I... It wasn't something that I was, like, immediately interested in, so... The reason I was, it was only because of the DeLorean. Okay. I love I love Back to the Future. Yeah. And he's driving the DeLorean yeah, around. Do. And so I, I never read the book, so... I'm not going to talk about, you know, the movie being worse than the book or whatever. Okay. But basically, the, going back to the impenetrable thing, in Ready Player One, they have that force field that it it encompasses, or like, uh, they get, oh, I should have looked it up. It was like the globe or the, of Oravox, and it's this legendary item, and you need to like do an incantation. But basically, there's no, there's no way that this orb can be brought down. Okay. And then they do like a funny... Uh, thing where the boss guy is talking to his dragon and okay. by dragon i mean just like second in command right yeah he's like so because he doesn't know much about the the video game he's just like a, a business guy yeah but this other guy is like a top player in that world um i think his name is irock okay <laughs> but anyway he's like so how long does this gl- globe will last and he's like mm, i don't know like ten thousand years probably yeah that'd be my best guess <laughs> and i'm paraphrasing yeah. and then as soon as he says it right like tempting fate just comes down but anyway so that's basically it just impenetrable and then also i i'd heard this example and i can't remember where i heard it but if inside the story someone describes the plan of how they're going to get in it means it's like it's going to fail yeah right if they're like okay first we're going to do this and then we got to like knock out the sentries unless it's a heist movie no no even if it's a heist okay because if they explain it before they do it means it's not going to happen. Okay. But if they don't explain what they're going to do, like in oceans 11, right? They not explaining what they're doing. They're kind of explaining it. And then like the reveal at the end is they're also like showing it while they're explaining it. Usually when they're talking about the plan. Yeah. But then they have like that last thing where it's like, Oh yeah. The last little twist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like they, they didn't, they didn't share everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that one's pretty, pretty straightforward being impenetrable and so another thing i like adding at the end is this thing that i just called the last of its kind okay so like the last alliance of elves and men regardless of what's going to happen like there's an irreversible change yeah, after this battle something's happening either way it goes yeah. that's it that's the last time this is going to happen yeah like good guys bad guys doesn't matter whoever wins something bad's gonna happen or something Something is going to happen. Yeah. Something big. And it's and yeah. you can't go back. And so going to one of my favorite movies of all time, The Last Samurai. You love that movie. Right? It's like end of an era. These samurai are up against um, industrialized Japan. Mm-hmm. And like they're riding horses against Gatling guns. Yeah. Right? And in shot with cannons when they have bows and arrows. Yeah. And so it's just crazy to begin with. But there's something more like it's just more poignant that it's the last samurai, you know, like regardless of what happens, even if, you know, Tom Cruise is all crazy and gets in there and kills everyone and wins. Yeah. It's still the last samurai. Yeah. There's no more. There's like, there's going forward. There's no more samurai. Like he can win that battle, but the war is already lost. Yeah. And then I I like that one because it's not so much who's going to win, but just like the fact that he fights anyway. Yeah. It's a, it's a no win situation for them. Yeah. They're fighting anyway. Exactly. And and I really like that. That's kind of one of my favorite things because it's just, you know, 
that that grit and that character that I, I love in the stories. But that kind of comes to another a thing. It's just like having the stacked odds. Yeah. And so that's similar. But I, I like the quote from Gimli, um, the dwarf, not the town. <laughs> <laughs> Certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? <laughs> yeah. You know, just before they go to Mordor. Yeah. Just let's do it. Yeah. And it's just like they know that they're probably going to die. But they're going for it anyway. And, and yeah. I think that's what makes like a that's very heroic, right? Yeah. And I think that really that battle, they knew going in that they're going to lose. The whole point is not to win, but to draw attention. Yeah. And and that I think is important. And same with like The Last Samurai, right? And uh, and some other things. It's not so much who wins the battle. Like It's kind of like a front or not a front, but it's like, it's kind of thin when you just like have, Oh, we're going to have a battle and then, you know, winner takes all kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what hinges the, 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 um, like all the, I don't know, all the uh, odds or the, yeah. um, what am I trying? Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so another thing I like having, and it, these are all pretty basic, but I thought if I'm going to talk about writing, I'm going to just start real basic. Yeah. And so another thing I like having is the one last surprise. Okay. Like, the twist? Yeah, the twist, right? You think everything is already set up. and But there's kind of like room for one last surprise. Yeah. And so I think one of the problems I had with the end of Game of Thrones kind of goes relates to this, but in the terms of like the law of diminishing returns. Like if you have too many surprises or just like big action things all at once, they start meaning less and less. Yeah. And so in those last episodes, I don't think necessarily that that was bad. I think that they, if they did that exact same story, but did it over instead of seven episodes, did it over like maybe even double that. It would have like maybe fixed some of those things. And that's just my opinion. The, the thing I felt about game of Thrones, I know we're getting a little off topic, like the whole way up first five, six seasons, everything is long and drawn out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this big war, this big confrontation between these two factions that we've been building up to is just, boom, done. One episode. Mm -hmm. We don't even get to, like, spend time in the war. It's like one battle, we're done. Yeah, and that happens in the books, too. Uh, Martin starts speeding things up. Like, in the beginning, it would take forever. Like, it takes them forever to get from Winterfell to King's Landing in the beginning. And then by the end of it, it's like, okay, we need to go to Winterfell. Next scene, Winterfell. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine um, because it's just taking out, it's just keeping the parts you need, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm not going to go into that because. It also kind of reminds me of um, playing D&D a little bit. Okay. Because yeah. the early levels, I love early level play because yeah. you explore a lot of the travel, right? There's more road threats. There's more. Um, small things and you go into all these nook and crannies, but then you get to the late levels and you're facing, you know, world ending threats. Yeah. You kind of skip over the travel most of the time yeah. because realistically, what can I randomly throw at you that is going to be a threat? Like bandits. Okay. One round and they're all dead. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. I like that. I right? might like write that down as like a, as a thing, think of them in terms of battling because all that really is, is power escalation, right? Yeah. Like, and, or leveling is what that would be in, in D and D, right? Yeah. Or, or because like, game. I have a lot of trouble 
with like I want to draw out the travel aspect of it mm-hmm. because that can be fun. Well, and that's where the world building a lot of that is, right? Yeah. I mean, I know I, some people don't like the Lord of the Rings movies because they're like, oh, it's just a tourist uh, promotional video for New Zealand, just watching people walk around the whole time. <laughs> and well, like, that's like the part of the adventure, right? Well, yeah, it's those majestic landscapes and just like it, just the presence of the world. And I feel I don't know. I'm obviously biased, but yeah, yeah. So. And I hate that I gave you guys an airship because that just lets you skip over so many things. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And then it, it makes us focus on time. Yeah. Like, oh, well, we can get there. This is the, what's the quickest way. Yeah. Um, I'm coming up with something to nerf that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was um, one last surprise. And yeah. like I said, it basically kind of use it sparingly. Maybe have one last surprise. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like trying to think of an example would be like the final twist in a heist movie. Yeah. And well, this kind of gets me to my, my last, my last thing. And, and this could be the one last surprise. And so, um, is having the, the lair or the, or the fortress at the end self-destruct. And so this is a pretty common trope. Yeah. And on TV tropes, it's called, I think collapsing lair is one. And that one's more for like, kind of like the monster bosses Okay. or, um, or video games and then like the self-destruct mechanism is is the other one and or it's kind of like the difference between fantasy and science fiction maybe yeah you know what i mean you're not gonna like have a self-destruct mechanism anyway but yeah so it's basically like okay they won you know the boss is maybe dead or maybe he's not and the last thing that the boss does is destroys the um the base with everybody yeah. in it and so I figured that kind of came in a couple different forms, the um, self-destructing or just getting the destroyed effect. And most basic is basically like, yeah, the, the final, the fortress explodes and that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Like the Death Star. You can go a couple different ways after that. And when it's like, it explodes when the boss dies, like it's just like a trigger, like something the boss was supporting that that fortress or that that thing. Yeah, so maybe your big bad is a dragon in a in a mountain cavern. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's keeping this elegantly carved cavern open is the dragon's magic. You kill it yeah. and the magic's gone. Exactly. Right? It's a great uh, example. Was that just off the top of your head? Yes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it while you were talking. Okay. Yeah. Because this is basically um, what happens in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like the power of the ring, it has all that, right? All Sauron's powers in there. So when it gets destroyed, Everything built by it is destroyed. So Baradur, Mount Doom, all that stuff, except um, all the baby orcs. <laughs> yeah, and their families. Yeah. <laughs> I just went out for a pack of smokes. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and so that was kind of it. And so this is my my attempt at talking about writing. So hopefully it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And um, I was just going to do a quick recap. It, it's just like impenetrable. You know, one does not simply walk into yeah. your third act without a challenge the last of its kind and um that's kind of just like the winner takes all almost or like a zero-sum game and then stacked odds you know the certainty certainty of death small chance of success what are we waiting for right like get in there one last surprise and you know or that's like luke i'm your father yeah that's a that's a really great example of it because yeah you anyway and uh or that one last surprise could go along with the uh, the self-destructing or by itself. But again, kind of use them sparingly. And since 
they get used so often. A lot of these things try and like think of it maybe a different way of doing it, you know? Yeah. Like some of these and, and depending on your, your setting and your genre too, you can do it different ways. So I've been thinking while you're talking about self-destructing, I've been thinking um, this week, me and Emma have been watching Phineas and Ferb. Oh yeah. Show. <laughs> you were talking about that. It is so good. And the parts with uh, Perry the Platypus, like Agent P and yeah. um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz. So he's in this like contraption or new lab or something mm-hmm. and they're fighting. And then there's this big self-destruct button and it gets hit by accident. And he's like, why do I keep putting those in? Yeah. And <laughs> why do I keep building those? And that's basically <laughs> calling attention to how common this trope is. So yeah, that, that's why I like, I didn't want to go too crazy on it, but yeah, I, I think that's about all I got. All right, cool. So last week we, we did mooks, we did factions and today was evil lairs and in the fortresses. So next week, what are we doing? Well, I, I think we should do villains. Villains. Okay. You know, like we kind of been working up to it. We've been using a lot of the language. Um, boss, big bad, dragon. Yeah. There's also the Starscream. Yeah. I love Starscream. <laughs> He's my favorite Transformer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course he is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So that's what we're going to do next week. But after the break, we are going to read out the listener submissions that we got this week for right. our uh, MOOCs. That sounds good. All right. So thank you guys. And uh, we'll see you after the break. All right. And welcome to the break. This is the part of the show where we are not talking about world building. We are talking about what we're doing mm-hmm. and about you guys. So first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who is listening. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate all the feedback and we really appreciate wh- when you um, submit ideas. Yeah, that's that- really what we want to be doing is kind of curating your ideas and working on this world together. Yeah, exactly. That's what, I mean, it's really fun for us, especially. Yeah. I love reading everyone's creative uh, ideas. Yeah. So with that, we are working on something that we think you guys will enjoy. We're planning on doing a live stream in the coming weeks at some point when we figure out how to get everything set up properly. Yep. Um, so not the next week, but maybe the week after. I'm not too sure. We will announce it coming yeah. up. But we're probably going to stream on Twitch or, um, yeah, so we're probably going to stream on Twitch and that way you guys can watch us in the process. You guys can um, submit ideas live Yeah. if we're asking for things, if we're doing a, a world, the world building section. Yeah, so it's really kind of more of a, like a brainstorming almost at that point. That's really what I want the back half to be. Yeah, me too, yeah. Yeah, perfect. So that is um, coming up. Um, watch watch our socials for that. So we have Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I've been on TikTok lately. Yeah, good old TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just watch out for that announcement. Right. And uh, is there anything else you're working on, Greg? No. Um, well, I don't know. I'm always got a bunch stuff of going, on, going on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we will let you guys get back to the show. Thanks. All right, and welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to the back half of this podcast. All right. So <laughs> last week I asked everybody on Instagram and Facebook to send us in some NPCs to fill out our factions that we created. So we created two factions last week, the 
Black Skeletons, which yeah. is basically the Gnomish Mafia. Yeah, run by Lojin. Yeah, and then we also had the um, Sisterhood of the Violet Enigma. I flipped Sisterhood to the front, if you noticed. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. It just sounded a little better. Yeah, Sisterhood of the uh, Traveling Violet Enigma. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I thought it sounded better. So that's what we did, and we had a few people um, submit. So um, we're going to read those out to you now. Uh, I'll start. We have Lee. We love Lee. Yeah, definitely. Always with the great ideas. And she always thinks of things that I don't think of in the moment. Mm-hmm. So let's just read out Lee's comment. My thoughts. Maybe the group is called the Black Skeletons because it's related to the name of the drug they deal. Black Magic, Skeptlin, or the effects that it causes on the body. Like maybe it causes wasting as a side effect of the high. So chronic users look like skeletons. That's awesome yeah i really like that um other illegal things could be considered for illicit operation are slaves of course mm-hmm. parts of saint saint ian races maybe orc meat is av- aphrodisiac and el- elf culture i like where she went on that one i love it <laughs> i love it that's canon now <laughs> oh no <laughs> so morbid um, but i like it banned dangerous and- endangered species untraceable poisons dragon eggs unicorn foals oh my god Stolen goods, anything from artifacts, from tomb robbers, to high-value spices stolen from caravans, or the protection racket, all of that. It's all going in. It's all going in. I love it. all going in. So the black skeletons have a bunch of jobs that they do. They're all emaciated. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. um, I don't know where she got skeleton from, what she's saying, maybe the name of it. But I almost, like, looking at that, I almost think... That could also be like a play on that might be Logan's last name. Maybe. And then it's just kind of like since he's the leader, you know. Yeah, sure. But anyway, we can work on that. Yeah. So Lee gave us a NPC for both. So for the worst, we'll start with Black Skeleton member. Uh Kurleg Ernstrang, a male half orc. He is the brute squad, or rather the brute squad. I love that. <laughs> or rather part of it. He is an enforcer with a preference for blunt trauma, be it fists, clubs, or improvised bludgeoning items. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to read the Violet Enigma member? Sure. I think I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Turla or Tyrla. Turla. I'll say Turla. Turla Blackmane. Okay. Ranger type. Human? Question mark. Specializes in sharpshooting, assassinations, and the like. Perfect. Great. They are in the world. Perfect. They're going in. So Minty Fresh to Death on Instagram, she actually uh, gave me one on Instagram and one on TikTok. So let's start. Uh, Rosalind Laurenstall, a young half-elf who joined the Violet Enigma simply to please her mother, who is also a member. At first, this tomboy wasn't very excited, think it was some lame sewing circle, but soon as she caught word of swords and armor, she became one of the company's most eager recruits. Though she certainly... Nowhere near as the mercenary her mother is. Nice. All right. And for the Black Skeletons member, you want to read that out? Sure. That would be Giuseppe. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Giuseppe Small Toes. Giuseppe Small Toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a gnome and member of the Black Skeletons. This standoffish gnome is an expert lockpick and ultra quiet thief because of his small toes. If this is <laughs> tailing you, if this is tailing you, you'd never know. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Uh, and then we have one more from Cyberheart, Cyberheart Gaming on TikTok mm-hmm. who says, Porinori Goal is a no member of the Black Skeletons. His specialty is cooking, 
He makes meals for the gang when they return from missions. His favorite meal to make is meatballs. And he always has a smile on his face unless you insult his cooking. Oh, no. Never do that. No. So thank you, everyone, for submitting your ideas. Just makes big meatballs all the time. <laughs> Some what's it, and the cannoli. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I really, again, I really love everyone's creativity because people think of things that I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really what I think the point of this podcast is. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we're going to keep asking you guys for submissions. And again, if anyone has more, yeah. let us know. Yeah. I think it's going to be a theme at least for a little while. Like we did some world building and we kind of built that, uh, that region, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, between Delta and the, the iron, uh, yeah. Mountains there, the carapace mountains. <laughs> and, and, the, and we're kind of filling it out as we go. Yeah. Here. And then, you know, we'll go back to that thing or that, that part where we're going to build some more lands and yeah, and spread it out. But for now, I think we're just, we'll focus on this, uh, fill out the members, fill out the city, the, the shops, you know. Yeah, make it a little bit more, you know, lived in. Yeah, and then I think while we're doing that, what I'd like to start doing, well, I kind of already started in my head a bit, but starting a, like a narrative, right? Because mm-hmm. that c- kind of comes back to like wor- world building isn't really, it's almost like nothing if you have, the, if you don't have a story. Yeah. Like even all these characters, right? They're the character and then they have their story. Yeah. Well, there there is like threads starting. Oh, yeah, exactly. To weave a story here. Yeah. Right. Between the different things, the different shop owners that we've created or that we've had created mm-hmm. different factions and the different um, like members of those factions. Yeah. I really, really enjoy curating all yeah. of it. I think you said something last week that really stuck with me, which was you'd rather be a curator. Yeah. Like I don't mind, like I like getting, you know, having a place to put my ideas in and, and get yeah. the ball rolling as well, you know, and working together with you doing that, but to, to have it have a life of its own and then just kind of, yeah, well curating that, I think yeah. it'd be really cool. I really, I really enjoy doing this uh, back half is really the, my favorite part yeah. is just making something up, bouncing ideas off each other. And that's usually what I find is the hardest part of world building is you get stuck mm-hmm. and it kind of comes back to what you were saying before at the start of the video like about, video. This isn't a video. <laughs> what am I talking about? Like about resistance you about mean? resistance. Yeah. Because a big part of my issue that I have with a lot of things that I try to do is I start doing something and it's not immediately what I picture it in my head. Yeah. Like perfection. And I'm like, Oh, I had a point to say there, but I guess I forgot it. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. So yeah, I just want to say like, thank you everybody. Um, I really enjoy having all of you as a sounding board. I really appreciate everyone who says, you know, and lets us know. Um, Lee, I love your ideas. You always think of things that I miss because we yeah. only have a limited time, right? And uh, yeah, so like we, where your brain goes on it too. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, I think with that, we will move on to our weekly inspiration. All right. So what inspired you this week, Greg? So I am taking a course in school called Brain and Behavior. So basically, we had to watch this video. And the long and the short of it is basically there's this condition that's called blind sight. And that's kind of what the inspiration was. And blind sight, and I'm just going to like paraphrase, is basically the person is blind, legally blind, they can't see anything, but yet th- there's a part of their brain that's not 
connected to all the just like the straight up visual stuff yeah that basically only detects motion so that's like the lizard part and like the rodent part of our brain like the super ancient part but i just kind of thought that that would be cool for um maybe like a class or like a feature or something and i don't know there's probably actually something like that in DD. is there there is in the newest book um tasha's cauldron of everything one of the new fighting styles is blind fighting oh my god (laughs) can i take back my weekly inspiration (laughs) nope it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I did not no, mean like, to rip that off, by the way. I mean, like you can expand upon it, of course. Like, yeah. eat, no, let's, let's stop, yeah. right? And I have to tell myself to push through that. Yeah, because you definitely have usually to, yeah. by the end, I'm happy with whatever I do mm-hmm. if I make it that far, right? And that's the thing, yeah. If you make it that far, and that, that's where resistance will get you. It's it's sneaky. Yeah, and um, I I heard a thing this week, I think on TikTok, where they say there is no new idea. Yeah, that's true too. Like we've been telling the same 24 or 38 stories since yeah. Greek times. Yeah. There's a book on that, right? Isn't it like the seven main stories or something? I'm not sure, but like, and then um, they get subdivided. Down. I was watching a person this week who was explaining like, y- there is nothing new. Yeah. Like your things are recycled and have been recycled since ancient Greek. Yeah. Actually, maybe it's a good thing that it's already in D&D because now we don't have to homebrew something. Yeah, I love not having to homebrew stuff. Yeah, like I like the idea of it, but mm-hmm. the effect that it has on the entire world, right? Yeah, there's some homebrewing that I don't mind doing. So like items, monsters, yeah, that's fine. Like I we- usually take a base, something, and then like modify it to what I need. Yeah, I don't like homebrewing classes. Like I'll never homebrew a class for you because there's like balance that goes into it that's mm-hmm. not the same and i won't homebrew a race either okay even if you were reskinning it i would reskin that's different okay like if you want to say you know i want to be an aarakocra like a eagle person but i want it to be an owl fine. yeah go ahead okay <laughs> and what about a feature would you re- do that make well a, like make however whatever fluff or flavor you want to like your spells if you're a wizard if you want to say this is like the color they are yeah go for it by all means yeah as long as like the mechanic i'm like i'm what i'm saying is i don't want to homebrew the mechanics yeah because they've been precisely worked yeah. on right with i'll even like homebrew spells specifically but i won't like make a class or anything you know okay but yeah, I think we're a little off topic. That's <laughs> oh, okay. But <laughs> well, if we want to get back on, what yeah, was your weekly inspiration? So my inspiration? weekly inspiration was you. What? What? Little old me? Little old you. No, I, um, yeah, so kind of. You started drawing again. Yeah. And you've been do, like showing me all your work. And I'm like, man, I kind of want to draw. So I, I, one night this week, I went online and I found some like drawing tips. And then I, I bought a, bought a book like a sketchbook and i bought yesterday i bought a like how to draw book yeah and i've been like that's all i did last night oh wow well so that's good to know yeah so i was like i just kind of want to like practice and again part of the problem i've always had was i start and i'm like it doesn't look like what it looks like in my head Mm -hmm. oh this is garbage yeah throw it out yeah the thing i always do is like i i have a goal that if I'm as good as this, like looking at somebody else's whatever yeah. I'm doing, then I'll be happy. 
And as soon as I start getting into whatever it is, be it like drawing or writing, yeah, I immediately realize like you, you find like what I like doing is find out who's the best in it. Okay. And then, then I start comparing myself to them. Yeah. And then I get discouraged. And it's like, meanwhile, maybe I am at the level I wanted to be when I started, but then I've lost track of what my original goal was. And then I get caught in this like pursuit of perfection mm-hmm. and like that's just impossible to be perfect right yeah exactly so i actually realized while last night while i was drawing using this book that my problem was not like drawing features or anything it was proportions and spacing mm-hmm. like my spacing would be all off and i was like oh i hate this yeah i remember one of the first things i ever learned when i was drawing and this one i was like a kid i wanted to be like a cartoonist when i was a kid so yeah kind of like nerdy about it but was Draw what you see, not what you think you see. Okay. And that is just, it's almost like a mantra when I'm, when I'm drawing because you're like, okay, I see how that is. And like, or when I'm drawing anyway, I see how that is like maybe the eyes and I do that perfectly. Well, not perfectly, but you know, like I'm paying attention to what it actually I'm mm-hmm. looking at. And then I'm like, and then there's a nose and then I kind of start going off the script and I'm not saying like you shouldn't do that, but if, especially when you're learning just like in the proportions, right? It's yeah. like there's rules portions and ratios so what i would do like when i was younger i would look at like these how to draw things and be like i don't need to sketch the circles and then i'll just have to erase it after screw that right (laughs) but now i'm like okay no i'm older now and i'm like no that that's there for a reason right and i need to use that to practice yeah and like it's learning the rules before you can break them and and that's kind of why i like the tropes it's like you see like the basic unit of measurement like in drawing its shapes, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and if you get good at drawing the shapes, then you can, then you can break those rules. And but you know why you're doing it. Yeah. And it's same with tropes. They're like they're basic units of storytelling, really. Yeah. Or, and, well, in some ways. Yeah, and it it all comes back down to that resistance. Like that's part of my problem with a lot of creative things, mm-hmm. right? Um, I really first noticed that I had that problem when I started painting D and D minis. Okay. Because like it would kind of look like crap. I'm like, well, I got to finish, right? I can't just leave it. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, definitely finishing. I had a hard time finishing any creative thing. Yeah. And yeah. There's that point where you're like, oh, this is garbage. This I quit. is garbage. I should just start over or, yeah. or I don't want to do this anymore. But no, like, like you got to finish and they look good. And take right? time away from it too. Like when I finish something, I always hate it, no matter what it is. And I take even just a day or even if it's five minutes, come back and I'm like, Okay, I'm being a little harsh on myself. Yeah, it's yeah. not terrible. So I think like whenever it comes to creative stuff, we are our own worst enemies. Like yeah. we're our biggest critics. And yeah, so you inspired me this week. Oh, well, thank you, Travis. And oh. um, yeah, I was going to read another quote then just from that resistance. Okay. And it was resistance is universal. You know, we're wrong if we think we're the only ones struggling with resistance. Everyone who has a body experiences resistance. And yeah, I don't know, just... That feeling you have, you're not alone. Everybody has it and you just got to push through it. Yeah, exactly. So just keep pushing. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody. And uh, I think that's that's it. So yeah. if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. The links will be down below. Uh, or you can hit us up on email. That'll be down below as well. We have a Discord. Uh, come hang out with us. We sometimes play games. Uh, I've been playing D&D with some people on discord so yeah come say hi and be safe and have a great week yeah and we'll see you next week see you next week